0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. I'm Darlene and I'm your host. And today I have a special treat for everybody. I've invited Victoria Yates onto the podcast. Say hi, Victoria. Hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria is a former nurse, which is so fascinating to me. And she's a certified intuitive eating and body image coach. And so we're gonna talk today about, about Diet and body and what we eat and how we take care of our bodies and what we think about our bodies and the reason why I brought Victoria on is because as a parenting coach and as a coach for moms, I I know that of course we want to take care of our children we want to be calm, but there are actual real life things that come up for us that go beyond just behavior right beyond what our kids do or don't do, and. One of the things that comes up a lot for moms is how they feel about their bodies and what they're eating and how they're eating and when they're eating and how much they're eating. And we're gonna get into all of that. All
1: the questions. All, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and and then over the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna also invite a marriage coach, a financial coach, and a home organization coach onto the podcast because we're gonna talk about all the things that moms deal with outside of behavior and parenting. And so Victoria. I'm so glad you're here. Yes, want to say thank you hi. Me. <laughs> ah, yeah, good. Well, I wanted to kind of start off with like, what do you see as the struggles that moms have? Um, and we're talking about moms in particular, not just women, because this is a podcast for moms. Um, mm-hmm. But what do you see goes on for women and moms when it comes to body image and eating? And yeah, just mm-hmm. what
1: are,
0: share yeah. about what you see.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, we could start off with like right off the bat, there's, you know, pregnancy, postpartum, like the start of motherhood where your body goes through tons of change. And for a lot of people, like, you know, actually I would say every single person out there who becomes a mom and goes through pregnancy and postpartum, like your body is literally not the same. Mm. And so you get into that, and I know for a lot of women, there's this question of like, well, like, who am I now? And like, who is this body? Like, who's this? Whose body is this? Like, a little bit of that, like, unfamiliarity. And then there's the pressure of like societal, like, pressure about uh having to just like bounce back right away and like oh, have your pre-body, mm-hmm. ba- your pre-baby body back. That's a lot of b-word. <laughs> it
0: is pre-baby. <laughs> Body. body back. Back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that. And I see so many women who like a lot of like I think for women specifically, I think a lot of times body image and eating issues kind of start in the teenage years, actually, for most people. Um, but it's almost like they're re triggered again in motherhood and like in that postpartum period where like there's just like you, your body changes, and Where you little, actually
0: gain weight, and right? you gain weight. Yeah, I mean, there's like, yeah, real things that happen, and your belly does grow because it has to have a room for a belly baby. Belly stretches
1: and grows, and yes, and yeah. so there's
0: these physiological changes. Now, I'm an adoptive mom, and so it's interesting because my body didn't change, and mm-hmm. in some in in some ways, it can be tricky because people will say things like, you know, after you have a baby, Oh, um, are, are you still, when's your baby due? like right after, you know, or if you have a, if you didn't birth your baby and you, your body looks the same, they almost like, Oh, you're so lucky. Or, you know, you didn't have to go through all that, like lucky you. And it's just a funny thing that we associate so much you know, we give so much power to the size of our bodies and that the smaller is better. And the faster you get smaller is, you know, you should get a prize or something or you're lucky or yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And that like,
1: if you're, that you're like doing something wrong, if you're not just like snap back to pre-body, your pre-baby body. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: do you think that's, where for for most people, right, that they come through motherhood through pregnancy and their body changes. So I hear you. You're saying in the beginning we have we kind of have these issues with our body and diet from you know adolescence, right? Kind of the societal pressure of being a certain size and looking a certain way and all of that. And then you know then you have a baby and it's like, bam! I've got to figure out how to lose weight. -hmm.
1: Yeah. And then for a lot of people, you know, the, the norm is if I want to lose weight, I need to go on a restrictive diet. Mm -hmm. So we, I have a lot of, you know, moms who like right off the bat, start a restrictive diet, Mm -hmm. start like exercising really rigorously to just like try to get their body, like lose weight or like Mm -hmm. look like they used to. And, um, as we'll probably talk about, so my whole approach with intuitive eating is a non-diet approach because so much research just points to how harmful and, um, damaging dieting is to our bodies. So, and not, not even to mention that it's so unsustainable. Mm -hmm. So a lot, you know, when we go on a diet, I always like to say like your body doesn't know the difference between going on a restrictive diet. Or let's just even say, like, any diet. Cause I feel like even today, like, there's a lot of like, oh, this isn't a diet. It's but like, a cleanse. like, it's, but it's like, <laughs> no, you're telling me I like have to eat these foods and restrict these foods. And like, that's mm-hmm. still a diet. So, anyway, any, um, any type of restriction or dieting, your body essentially thinks that it's in a famine and mm. you're starving and it doesn't know that your pantry's stocked or your refrigerator is stocked or that the grocery store is right down the street. So a couple of like biological things start to happen. Your metabolism decreases, your um, fat storage increases, and you start thinking about food more and then your hunger drive actually increases. So as you can imagine, like that sets you up for like major failure and like not mm-hmm. being able to be consistent right if your metabolism's decreasing fat storage is increasing and you're more hungry um that is, and that's all your body's protective like those are protective mechanisms that kick in to like get you in primal days to like go find food mm-hmm, <laughs> in the mm-hmm. in the time of a famine
0: yeah uh, so, and not to mention how how's your emo- how are your emotions when you are in that state yeah. of hunger and your body is saying we must be in a stressed environment yes. if we're not able to get enough calories. Mm-hmm. So I teach a lot about the stress response, how our brain doesn't always clue in right. Like it, it sounds the alarm at times when it doesn't need to be sounded. Like, you know, if you have a four-year-old hit your leg, your brain is like, I'm, But you're not actually like it's a four-year-old. They're not, they can't hurt, really hurt you like long-term. You're much bigger than them. But your mind is like, if any other environment, if you were being hit, it would mean that you were not safe. And Mm -hmm. so we have this stress response in motherhood. And I teach a lot about how to retrain that stress response and to calm it down and to shift it. And what's interesting is you're saying when you put yourself on a diet, you're, Teach you're telling your brain, hey, there's scarcity going on, there's not enough resources, we're not safe. And so you're gonna be in a heightened stress response. Yes. Physiologically and maybe emotionally. And and emotionally or mentally. Yes,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is, you know, that is why I teach my clients how to basically get away from dieting and just build trust with their own body cues. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them too, you know, with with dieting, it's all external, right? Someone else is telling you how to eat, what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat. And with dieting, you know, however many diets you've been on, you're basically teaching yourself. I can't trust myself Mm -hmm. and you're not tuned into your body cues. So we have to really just like relearn how to listen to your body, Mm -hmm. listen to hunger and fullness and, you know, like retraining your, your thoughts too, that like, I'm not a bad person for eating a milk, having a milkshake or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like, we do a lot of emotional healing, but also like the relearning of physically how to listen to your body and trust your body
0: cues. Mm. Oh my gosh. I want to, I have so much to say and think about it. Um, I wanted, I think what I want to talk about is like the, what leads to dieting in the first place is the feeling of, you know, being overweight or not liking our body, not feeling good in our clothing or not feeling comfortable in, you know, in a bathing suit or like self-hatred. I think of it sometimes, like there's been times where I've like squeezed my belly, you know, or just looked at them in the mirror and been like, oh my God, my my hips are so big, my thighs, my butt. You know, just is it that self-critical place, and it's so terrible to be there and to be in that space. And then our brain says, "Well, go on a diet, or you know, change the way you're eating. You've got to lose weight. When you lose weight, you'll feel better." And I wondered if you could speak to sort of that that body image struggle. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to just what, yeah. What are your thoughts about it?
1: Yeah. So when I, when I, when we think about the definition of body image, Mm -hmm. it's how we see ourselves and, or sorry, I I should back up here. When we think about our, uh, the definition of body image, it's actually how we think about our body. So it has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with our Mm -hmm. physical body and like what we see in the mirror. It's everything about like the thoughts that we have about our bodies. Mm. So there's like, for sure, you know, we have this element of like, we live in a culture where skinny equals better. I'm using air quotes here. But, um, but what I see, so there's, there is an element of like feeling more like societal acceptance, if you were to lose weight, but because our body image really is more about how we see ourselves and I would even say like not even how we see our bodies or like our thoughts about our bodies it's more about like our thoughts about ourselves. Mm-hmm. I would like to say like the first part of working on your body image is working on your relationship with yourself mm-hmm. and like having a better relationship with you and um getting to know yourself and appreciating yourself and and then once you have a better relationship with yourself it's so much easier to, no matter what size you are, to have a good relationship with your body too. So I say it starts there, but this there that leads to the fallacy, like thinking, if I just lose weight, then I'll feel better about myself or I'll like myself more or I'll have a better body image. What oftentimes happens is like you lose weight and you still have those same negative thoughts about your body. And maybe it's not about like your stomach or your legs or your butt anymore, but it's like about you mm-hmm. and like,
0: you don't, well, you can like always find something tell. you don't like. Yeah, exactly. So I was um, going to share this real quick. Cause I remember, I remember the first time I really realized what you're talking about is that like about our thoughts, creating our reality more than the reality itself, because I got married pretty young and a few years later, I was scrapbooking. It was in the days when you would like actually cut photos and tape them into right, albums not just
1: send them off to a company. <laughs> yes, no, it
0: was like, you know, we'd like print them out and cut them out, yeah. right? So I've been married 25 years, which is a really long time. And I remember cutting the photos of myself at the beach. I was like, my husband had taken a picture of me walking along the beach and I was looking at the picture three years later and I was like, God, I looked so good. Like I look so good. Um, I look, I look way better then than I do now, like having full thoughts around that. Mm -hmm. And obviously I was like, you know, getting fit to get married and stuff. And then I was married for three years and like, we would eat out and whatever, like, you know, I probably had gained a little bit of weight, but my thought actually was, I remember not Feeling thin then. Yeah. And in retrospect, I look at myself and I think, oh, I looked so good, but then why didn't I feel good? And I remember I was about 25 at the time, 26 maybe. And I was like, someday I'm gonna look back at this period of my life, and I'm gonna think I was so thin then, or I was so young then. So why don't I start to think that now? And it was just the bare beginning of healing my body image. It's taken a long time, but to get to that place where I could see, I might someday think I look good now. So I could just think I look good now.
1: That is so powerful.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
1: love that. Yeah. I've had yeah. clients say the same thing about themselves, like seeing a picture and being like, yeah, I didn't like myself then. And like looking back, I'm like, I looked, I looked great. <laughs> so yeah, I love that thought of like, why, how can I? why can't I just think about that? Think that about myself now too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. And I I also I'll share just, I am in my mind like a recovering restrictive dieter and I spent the first time I ever like put myself on a restriction diet, I was 16 and I stopped having dairy. And it was like the first time I said, oh, I'm not gonna eat like an entire food group and it was legitimate. I actually didn't feel well when I had dairy. I didn't know this was way before there was anything about lactose intolerance or anything, but I just noticed that if I had, um, a bowl of cereal, I'd have an upset stomach and I just connected it. And, but I think that unlocked for me some sort of like power control, um, some sort of feeling of safety in the diet. And from then on i can like up until a couple of years ago i could look back throughout my life and see the various times when i would restrict food either a t- kind of a food group i was like a food group restrictor so um i i guess like there's a lot of like emotional power in dieting that we get like oh i'm doing something about my body right so we don't like our bodies And then we do something about it and it feels better. And then also when you're doing the dieting, like we talked about earlier, you said, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't actually work and it makes us, you know, kind of go cuckoo, but it does feel good.
1: You feel like you're in control Mm -hmm. and
0: I think you're taking action, right? Like you're actually going to fix some problem.
1: And I'm even thinking like for my, Clients who are mothers, and I even think about myself. Like, let's just mm-hmm. like motherhood. There's a lot that's out of your control, right? Oh You're my god! Yeah, humans who are, I don't know, on their own agenda.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have little ones, and we were just talking earlier about like potty training and sleep training, yep. and yeah, you can't control their bowels. You can't make them nope. stay in their beds when you take that crib, you know, nope. side you crib off. Make them
1: keep sleeping when it's supposed to be nap time and refusing.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Sleep, (laughs) eat, poop, or talk. Those are the things you can't make them do. So yeah, there's so much out of our control. And then when they get older, dear Lord, it's yeah. Yeah.
1: And I I can only imagine that it just keeps feeling out of control. So that's like, you know, I think about for myself when I like, that's a, that's a big thing that led me into restrictive eating is Mm -hmm. like feeling out of control. Like there was like a huge, like something happened in our family and it was like this whole thing. And it was like so much uncertainty and it was like, food was that area that I was like able to feel in control, similar to you. And so like with moms too, it's like when everything feels out of control, it's like, well, I can, I can like go on this diet and I feel like I have control because I'm like checking the boxes and I'm like following the rules and And it's it's like, like I'm accomplishing
0: something and that feels- and there's so much like I I, I love intuitive eating like and I want to talk about it but I also love this part of the conversation about like the draw that we have to any diet or any food plan or any cleanse or any you know I I see a lot of moms and they'll they'll be on a variety of cleanses and like mamas it's okay keep doing your cleanses if you want this is just an opportunity don't want that's also yeah yeah right and if you don't want to like like this is just an opportunity to explore Mm -hmm. why we're on restrictive diets why why we are led to it what are the social conditionings what are the factors that lead us to restrictive dieting and what are the drawbacks like why is it you know why is it not healthy for us long-term to be in these patterns and then giving, we're going to give us a solution, right? Um, Mm. An opportunity, an invitation to view food and our bodies in a different way. But if you are currently, like, if you're listening to this episode and you're, you're like, well, I totally do a cleanse. Like I'm like, I'm intermittent fasting all the way. Or like, I definitely don't eat sugar. The last thing I ever want is for any mom listening to feel like, Oh shit, here's another thing I got to fix. Like I, no. Victoria is here kind of inviting us to a new way of thinking and a new opportunity and a new relationship to our body and to food and to um to ourselves. And I know that for me recovering from restrictive dieting has brought tons of healing. But it's still, there's still an urge there when things feel unsafe or out of control or um, unpredictable. I can find myself like attracted to some sort of new diet. Like I'm just gonna eat soup all week and I'm gonna feel so much better (laughs) or whatever. Um, So tell us a little bit about what is available when we, or maybe you want to talk a little bit about the urge to restrictive diet, you know, talk a little bit more about that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Thoughts on it.
1: I mean, similarly to what we've just said, I, a lot of my clients come to me and they're like, resonate with being like the perfectionist, Mm -hmm. the like type a, like check the box type person. And they, that's like, like you were saying, like, that's the draw to dieting. Mm -hmm. But I think like the root of all of that too, is that we just don't trust ourselves. Yeah, so true. And like, that's the biggest thing. So that's a lot of what I work on with my clients is like, mm-hmm. let's just, let's, let's work on trusting yourself. Cause like diets, people were eating healthy many years ago before dieting <laughs> and they were living ridiculously long amount of time, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't need the diet to be healthy. And
0: we've just lost We need antibiotics maybe, or like something like that (laughs) to not die, you know? Um, but we don't necessarily need to, uh, be eating specific foods or not eating specific foods or whatever. Like we, we
1: really, we really can listen, just listen to and trust our bodies. And I think the hardest thing about eating intuitively is honestly, that I, I feel like we've been so conditioned to believe that it has to be really hard. Like Mm -hmm. we have to count and track and like um, uh, follow all these food rules. And that it has to be this complicated, hard thing when the reality is like the way that I teach eating intuitively, it's like, no, we just need to listen to your body. We need to eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, eat foods that are satisfying and just pay attention to how food makes you feel. Mm. And if you literally just do that, you're going to find that you eat a very balanced, healthy diet. The hard part is like, we try to make it hard. We don't trust ourselves. We have all these rules in our head and
0: like good food, bad food, or how much we should eat those kind of rules. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's funny. Cause my, I have I practiced intuitive eating. I don't restrict it. Di- I don't restrict it restrictive diet anymore, but I don't always practice intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. So I'll s- say more about that. Like I know for myself that if I want to take certain food away or limit the amount of food or type of food for me, that means I'm not emotionally well, like Mm -hmm. uh, something's going on that I need to tend to. So I have this urge to restrict my diet or restrict my intake. And that's just an indication to me of like, maybe you need to tend to your, your soul or Mm -hmm. figure out where you're hurting instead of, it's like a mask for me. Um,
1: Which makes sense with what you were saying about like, it feeling like that one thing that you can control
0: yeah yes um and being learning to be okay with things i can't control and learning to manage myself even when things are unpredictable or when things are painful or when things like some people overeat in order to avoid emotion and i would under eat almost to distract myself from my emotion and be more aware my hunger was like safe. Like my hunger, I don't know. It's funny to describe it, but maybe you've seen, you've had, you've had clients like that where the hunger is, it's like a clue, like, oh, here I am. I'm okay. And then I'm, I'm focused on that or, and ignoring it. Like, shoving it down, like I just, I'm processing that physical sensation much more than any of the emotional inputs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But with intuitive eating, w- when I practice intuitive eating, I eat much less <laughs> and because I'm eating for get to get full and to feel satisfied and to like take care of my body. And there's a lot more intention and connection with my physical being. So tell us what is intuitive eating and kind of define it for for us. So I have an idea of what it is because I know when I'm doing and when I'm not, but I don't teach it. So tell us what it yeah. is.
1: Well, so intuitive eating is basically a framework that was created back in the 90s i would even back up and just say like intuitive eating is simply like what i believe is like the way that our bodies were designed or created to eat mm-hmm. so but the framework of intuitive eating was created in the 90s by two dietitians and since then there's been over 150 studies that actually back it up to be a much healthier approach to improving your health compared to dieting um so basically it is just a framework that helps you to get away from restrictive dieting and yo-yo dieting and all the negatives we've already talked about with that and really just get to a place where you have built trust with your body
0: and your body cues. So you're, you sit down to eat and you're like, I'm going to intuitively eat as many brownies as I want. Mm-hmm. this is where my friends get stuck on it. Cause they're like, I will yep. never stop. I intuitively only want to eat shit food and I intuitively <laughs> want to never stop eating it. This is what I think people think when they <laughs> are presented with intuitive eating, it's the trust yeah, thing. Just listen to your body. And- yeah. Like <laughs> my well, my body, body really, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a I, you know, I, I want you to speak to it because it is an obstacle. And it's like what do, what choices do we have right in our society is. You can just eat whatever without being with no intuition, with no connection, with just eating without consideration, or you can diet or you can intuitive eat. I mean, I, what are right. So if we're gonna if we're not going to diet and we're not going to just eat a mindlessly, then we're going to intuitively eat. So talk a little bit more about like that obstacle that people have in their mind. Like, we're yeah, I'm going to eat everything.
1: Yeah. A lot of people get hung up on like one of the main principles of intuitive eating is giving yourself full permission mm-hmm. to eat like brownies. Mm-hmm. But we think that if we give ourselves full permission, it's going to mean that we just like eat pans and pa- pans of brownies, nonstop. <laughs> right. But Um, actually what happens is, you know, a lot of times the reason that people feel out of control around food, isn't that they don't have enough rules around food or any, they don't have enough restriction. It's actually that our, I like to say like our bodies and our brains are kind of like rule rebels when it comes to food, going back to like that scarcity with food. Like when you, when you put that rule in place, like I can't have brownies, brownies are a bad food. Are we kind of become little rule rebels and we want the brownies more. Mm. And so what we do with intuitive eating is we work on, there are no good foods and bad foods and like brown, you're not like a bad person for eating a pan of brownies. And when we remove the guilt and the shame from eating something like brownies, you're able to just like eat more mindfully and pay attention to how food, how the brownies make you feel, how many brownies you want to eat and that's why mm-hmm. i also said like part of it is paying attention to how food makes you feel because that's really important you know it's not going to feel good to eat pans and pans of brownies right mm-hmm. you're going to have a stomach ache so mm-hmm. that's really you know that's really part of it and, and a lot of times like actually i love that you said the brownies because i had mm-hmm. a client who i actually gave her um one of the exercise the exercises i give my clients if we're working on this is i say okay I want you to get like, pick something Mm -hmm. that you really want. That is like this off limits food. And for her, it was making a pan of brownies. And I was like, I want you to make it and just like, have it in your house. And every day I want you to give yourself permission to have the brownies. And you know, Mm -hmm. what was so interesting is Mm -hmm. the first day she had like two brownies. The second day she had like two brownies and then she didn't want any more. And she ended up having to throw away like half a pan of brownies (laughs) by the end of the week because they were, were bad. But that is Mm -hmm. the power of like, when you give yourself permission, it's like another analogy is like the forbidden fruit mentality, right? Mm -hmm. Like when that thing is forbidden, we just like want it more. Mm
0: -hmm. So Mm
1: -hmm. that is really where so much like you actually feel more in control around food and you gain more control around food when you let go of those rules Mm -hmm. and you do give yourself permission because it's Mm -hmm. not like this forbidden thing, or you don't have that. Like, all right, well, like I've already eaten a brownie. So now I like, I've already screwed up my diet. So I might as well just like eat the whole pan. Like there's so much like psychologically that like goes into our
0: like eating Mm -hmm. habits. Mm -hmm. Um, I call that, um, fix it and fuck it. So like, there's a, there's this energy that I have sometimes that's very fix it energy. Mm -hmm. And It's like, I kind of bring this into my life in lots of areas like business or parenting or diet or whatever, where I'm like, okay, we're going to pop this all up. We're going to fix it. We're going to do like all the, there's the plan and here's the strategy and here's the diet or here's the business plan or here's the parenting plan. And I get very invested. And then I lose steam or get distracted or I probably what happens is I feel more in control, you know, like I've not panicked anymore about the thing. Right. And then I get to this like, fuck it. Oh, fuck it. Mm -hmm. It's not, I don't, it's not that important or, uh, you know, and I kind of can get into Mm -hmm. that, that place where I'm not, I'm more mindless. So Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily for me like, oh, I ate one brownie. It's all over. It's more like at some point it feels managed just enough. And then I get into this like, fuck it place. And I don't hold myself to, it's like, it's not even holding myself accountable. I just lose connection Mm -hmm. with my goal or which the goal isn't to be thin. The goal is to feel good, Mm -hmm. right? To like, the, the goal isn't having my kids behave, the goal is for me to enjoy my children. Mm -hmm. So even if they misbehave, I can figure out how to enjoy them, right? Or, you know, food. I just want to, I want to feel good in my body. So whatever that looks like when I'm connected, I don't have to go from fix it to fuck it. I can just like stay in that space of, of like mind, mindful intention, commitment, connection. And I think that's what coaching is so valuable because I think on our own, it's like, like a toddler with a knife or whatever. It's like, we don't know necessarily how to do these things yet. Like you don't, you kind of need a coach to teach you how to intuitively eat or to mine those those un, unseen thoughts or actions or whatever. Like the un, the roots of why we behave the way we behave either with our diet or with our kids or parenting or money or whatever it is. So tell me like when you're working with a client, how do you work with them to kind of heal? It's really healing, right? You talked about it earlier. Like, what is that like? What's the process like?
1: Yeah. Like, so I always describe it as like, we're going to want to, we want to get to the real root of the problem. Like whether you are overeating or emotional eating is your thing or you're just like mindlessly eating all the time and you're like mm-hmm. snacking all the time and you don't want to like you want to be more intentional um or maybe like you were talking about Darlene, about like you're more restricting and mm-hmm. you're like going to that i have to control kind of place across the board it's it's never actually about the food
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's always about something more like mm-hmm. that need of like control because like life feels out of control and like that's your thing or perfectionism or, um, uh, lack of trust in yourself. Like those are it's, it's never actually about the food. So my approach is really like, let's get to the root of like why you're restricting, why you're overeating, why you're emotional eating, why you're mindlessly eating. And obviously like, there's some things like with how you're eating throughout the day that could be impacting that. Like, for example, like one of the biggest reasons that I see people overeating is, they're not eating enough consistently throughout the day. And then they get to the end of the day and they're starving. And so Mm -hmm. it's like your body's natural drive is going to say, like, we have to raid the pantry right now. (laughs) So like we work on those aspects, but then also, um, you know, when I think about a lot of, a lot of people come to me because they've been on so many diets and they've seen Mm -hmm. like, either they've seen results for a little while, and then they like revert back, and then they go back and see more, you know, go on another diet, see some results and go back. And then they, you know, maybe start and go on another diet. And it's like they're, they're they get to this point where they're not even seeing results on a diet. And they realize looking back that the diet has like dieting has never worked for the long haul. Mm-hmm. So they need a different approach. And I see like dieting really works like a band aid, right? You're mm-hmm. gonna, you're gonna kind of cover up that overeating, you're going to kind of control it for a little while, but then if you're not on that diet and we've already talked about why dieting isn't sustainable, you're going to still have that problem because nobody's ever gotten to the root of it. So, um, Mm -hmm. like, for example, I had a, I had a woman who I was working with who had a, had been struggling with binging and like Mm -hmm. had tried every single diet out there and had even tried an intuitive eating program, but I, I, I really don't think anybody even really got to the root of the problem. And when we figured out what that was, which for her, it was like this weight of like feeling like she had to be perfect. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's never about, the, it's never about the food. She felt like anytime she screwed up and like, wasn't perfect, she was a failure. And then food was the, the way that she coped with that. And once we figured that out, she stopped binging.
0: So That's amazing. It's- and I want to add as a mom, the perfectionism, is directly related a lot of times to our kids' behavior, Mm -hmm. right? Like I need to be perfect. And evidence of that is how my kids are behaving. And if they have a temper tantrum or they act out at some sort of event or show up in a way, like hit their friend at a play date or whatever, that means I'm not. It's like reflecting on me. (laughs) Yes. I'm not a good mom. And it's like, the truth is Uh, kids misbehave because they have feelings that they don't know what to do with. And they express them in these ways, just like we have feelings that we don't know what to deal with. And we express them maybe with overeating Mm -hmm. or undereating, or whatever. It's like the behavior of our children, isn't a reflection of whether we're good parents or not. It's a reflection of how well our kid is managing their feelings. Mhm- But yeah. I think that that perfectionism comes in, especially for parents when they look at their kids' behavior. yeah, yeah. I just want to add that, yeah,
1: yeah. um, I was just thinking another thing that I see a lot with moms is they are so we're so conditioned to like, and we we have to like take care of our kids all day mm-hmm. and we're not really taking care of ourselves. And so I see a lot of moms like getting to the end of the day and putting their kids down and they're like they sit on the couch and they're like, oh, okay, I can just like take a breather and a breath and it's like, but then, and then they kind of turn to food to be that part Mm -hmm. of like that self-care or that reward of getting Mm -hmm. through the day. And like food just naturally does bring about good emotions. Like it does give us like a dopamine rush. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I see a lot of moms, like, because they're not you know, not really prioritizing themselves throughout the day Mm -hmm. and even like little ways getting to the end of the day and like feeling like food needs to be that, that sense of like feeling taken care of, or like that, that sense of like pleasure at the end of the day when they haven't felt like any pleasure all day. Mm -hmm. So something I always recommend is like, how we, how can we figure out how to like take care of you more throughout the day and like have little pleasures throughout the day so that you're not getting to the end of the day, feeling so depleted, like, you haven't had any fun <laughs>
0: <You> <laughs> right. need
1: Food for that. So mm-hmm. that's another thing, just thinking about something I see really common with moms and food.
0: Yeah. Gosh, that's so true. Like when we are delight, when we don't bring li- delight into our lives or joy into our lives or self-care or eating, eating well, even I think about like when my kids were little and maybe I was rushing, 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 and I made them dinner and just got them to bed I wouldn't be thinking, oh, how can I take really really good care of myself? And what should I eat that would feel very nourishing? I kind of am like starving and I want the pleasure and the fast, like sugar or fat or salt or whatever. Like it's so, it's like if I would have maybe taken care of myself earlier in the day and had lunch or Mm -hmm. eaten snack when they had snack and actually eaten the thing that I served them, which is like apples and you know, something nourishing you know, whenever apples and cheese or whatever, like pretzels and all the things, then maybe I wouldn't end up on the couch, just seeking soothing and seeking quick calories and comfort and acknowledgement and like, yes, all of that. Right. All of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm think, think for a second, we'll cut this part out where I want to go. I think we'll just go to the key takeaways. Let me see what time this is around 42 that we got to cut. All right. So we've talked about kind of the struggles that moms have around food and body image. We talked about intuitive eating, sort of the benefits of it, sort of what the obstacles are that come up. Um, We haven't really talked about self trust, like the developing that relationship of trusting ourselves. I think that is such a great, that's really the benefit or the beauty of building a better relationship with our body and with food and how we nourish ourselves is learning. We can take really good care of ourselves. We can trust that we don't always want junk, right? Mm -hmm. That we want all of it. Um, So you probably get more into that. But when you think about like, as we wrap up this episode, what do you want moms to know? Like, what are your, some key takeaways? Like if you, if you're like, if they only remember three things from this episode, what do I want them to remember?
1: Ooh, I mean, we've just covered so much like deep stuff. It's hard to pick three, but, um, I would say, I think, one thing that I like to encourage all of my clients to do is to focus on feeling better, like focus on how you want to feel mm-hmm. more so than reaching a certain number on the scale. Cause we've already talked about how that number or like that body size, that's not going to help you. That's not actually going to be what brings you more joy in your life and like makes you feel more confident. So that's something that I like to encourage my clients to focus on instead of the scale is how do you want to feel? So a lot of people will say, you know, I want to feel more energized. I want to feel healthier, just like lighter, like not even necessarily scale wise, but just like feel lighter in my body and feel, um, more active or, or stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, so pick a word and, think about like, what are the actions that I can take that will, that I think will help me to feel that way. So that's kind of like my guideline for how to just start to take some action. Um, and I love, I find it so effective to focus on how you want to feel rather than a number. Um, and then I would say, you know, just focus on getting to know yourself, like in this new body, I think there's, you know, first of all, like recognizing Anytime we go through body change, which is so normal in, as women, you know, throughout our lives, we continue to like, our bodies continue to change through pregnancy, postpartum uh, into like menopause. Right. Mm-hmm. So just know that body change is normal. And also it's normal that it's uncomfortable. I think about mm-hmm. like, I use the analogy a lot of times of anytime you have something new in your life. Like you start a new job or you move to a new city or you become a mom, like it's uncomfortable and it's, it's a big change and it doesn't feel great at first. And then as you get into it, right, like you get used to it. So, um, the same goes for our body and with body change, you know, I think number one, the biggest struggle that I see my clients having that actually keeps them really stuck is just not, accepting their body and not having a good relationship with their body and not um, respecting their bodies. And what I want to say too, is that like accepting your body doesn't mean that you have to love every part of your body. It's more of like, I'm, I'm like choosing to respect this body. That's mine. um, Mm -hmm. and take care of her because like the alternative is miserable, always hating your body, always being at war with your body. So, um, just recognizing that that, is a choice. Um, and just think about like, I always like to say too, that we take care of the things that we care about, which is why I incorporate so much, uh, body image work with my clients, because that's something that I see keeping people really stuck as well is, uh, you know, with dieting is a lot of times going into it, you're thinking, um, I'm going to fix my body image by going on this diet and losing weight, but it's really like, We have to kind of flip that around and work on our relationship with ourselves, because when we respect ourselves, when we care about ourselves, when we love ourselves, we are going to take action in a healthy way to take care of ourselves, eating better, exercising more, getting sleep, managing our stress, all the things that lead to us feeling healthy and living healthy lives. So
0: yeah, that was a lot, but no, I love that we take care. what we care care about about. gosh that's so beautiful and yeah this is there's so much to explore i think body image and our relationship to food and motherhood is just like a whole world unto itself and i know that for me really healing my relationship with my body um i remember a few years ago i took pictures by myself in my bathing suit And like, I was in like, like, I was like, like, I kind of like opened up my arms and I was like, like, kind of like just took this really silly photos. No one has ever seen them. And I just decided before I went back to the phone to look at them, to decide that I loved whatever I was going to see. And, um, sometimes I talk about that. I hit, I quit the, I hate my body club. And I like to say that even though I quit that club, it's the club that doesn't let you leave. Like they constantly, that club will constantly sends me emails in my mind of like, come back to us. We want you on your door. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like come back to the, I hate my body club. Hmm. And I don't, I think there's days when I can say I love my body. And then there's days that I can say, like, I respect my body. I care about my body. I'm grateful for my body. There's different relationships I have with it, but I think the The true, the truth that you're offering to us is that when we love ourselves and we take care of ourselves, when we care about ourselves, then we take care of ourselves. That that's what comes first, not the external, right? Not the action of the diet or the risk, you know, the this exercise program or you know, soothing myself with food or alcohol or whatever it is. Instead, I'm going to find new ways to soothe. I'm gonna find new ways to celebrate new ways to acknowledge, to take care of myself. Um, yeah, I think that's so, so beautiful that you have offered that perspective for us. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine that you, when you work with your clients, you work with them for longer than 40 minute podcast episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about like how we can find you, what programs you offer, what it's like. Yeah. Just, you know, share with us about your work.
1: Yeah. So you can find more about working together at my website, which is victoria-yates.com.
0: We'll put it in the show notes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um, I'm also over on Instagram pretty frequently at non-diet underscore RN. And I also have a podcast called the redefining health podcast and put out an episode every week. So you can come listen to that. And um, yeah, if you're interested in learning more about working together and doing this work, healing your relationship with food, overcoming overeating, mindless eating, emotional eating, whatever struggles you're having with food. We can work together to figure out how to get you to the place you want to be with your relationship with food and with your health. Um, I offer a free 45 minute consult that you're welcome to book. Um, And I wanted to share one other thing. I have a free guide called that is great to just help you get started. It's a journaling guide to get started with intuitive eating and people can find it at uh, bit.ly forward slash start eating intuitively.
0: Mm, Okay. I love that. That journal prompt sounds so great because I think that is such a good opportunity to—I don't know what it's what you say in it, but I would imagine it's just an exploration, right? Of like, are you hungry and how are you feeling? And I don't know, just like kind yeah. of what you said. Your one of your takeaways was get to know yourself, and so that you know, take advantage of that journal prompt. You know that what would you call it? It's yeah, it's just like a
1: journaling guide. Yeah. Guide. Okay.
0: <laughs> journaling guide. Yeah. So take advantage of that journaling guide because I know that so many of my listeners are, they struggle with their with their body and their relationship with food. And um you're such a great resource and it's a, such a good way to get started. And yeah, I totally encourage you. I love, I love your Instagram. So I'm gonna say it really clearly. It's non-diet underscore RN. So RN, because Victoria is a former nurse and you're so great. It's so easy to connect with you on your Instagram and just how you share about the struggles that we all go through about our body and food. And so definitely follow Victoria on Instagram. Go get that journaling guide and listen to her podcast. Say it again. Redefining health, redefining health podcast. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, thank yeah. you so much for thank being you. here. Thank yeah. you. Thanks
1: for having me. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're welcome. All right, everyone. This has been so fun. And next week we'll have another expert on to talk about marriage. So get ready for that one. Um, all right. Have a great week.